heavy form as the last labored breath escaped from dagger-lined jaws. What exactly the thing had been was lost on the lone warrior that stood in red triumph above a now lifeless corpse. To say that it was some strange amalgamation of man and beast would not have done it justice. Whether the supernatural offspring of some rampant god or a lost and forgotten branch on the grotesque tree of evolution, what had created the creature and from where it had come mattered little. Though it pained him, the broken man smiled. He had traveled a perilous trail to come to this place, and now the first step was complete. Lifting his broken axe from the cavern floor, he turned to face daylight, flooding in through a gaping threshold. There was still so much work to be done. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Rogues in the House. This is our one-year anniversary. And in this one-year anniversary, we're going to take a lot of time to talk about the coolest new show uh, that came out early October. We're going to talk about Primal. Five episodes. We're going to give you our scoop on that entirely. Um, We're going to dig into it, talk about the references, talk about the emotional pull that it has, uh, all that cool stuff. But before we do that, let me introduce my buddies, Logan and Matt. Gentlemen. I have beer this time. All right. Well, there you go. So for those of you keeping score, we had a uh, roughly two-week sobriety enforced mainly because of the gym, right? Because, you you know, you decided yeah, to be healthy. Yeah. Clearly, that didn't work out for you. And now we're back uh, on the wagon. So that's good. It's just this week has been so busy. I haven't actually gotten to the gym um, as much as I wanted to. So I knew I wasn't going to be able to do it after this. So I was like, I'm going to drink You should, some beer. definitely. If you're going to not yeah. go to the gym, the best way to make it better is by, you know, having a beer. Yeah, that's <laughs> exactly right. Why would you give your body something it does not is need? That, focus, is that Arnold on a new microphone? That's right. I'm coming in here with a fresh microphone I bought in California. Sounds great. That, it does sound really good. I, as I was saying, as we were warming up, I have mic envy right now. It's a, it's a better Yeti. Hold it, Connie. Hold on a moment. <laughs> All right. I don't know how he got Somewhere out. Somewhere here but, we uh, do have Matt. So there he is. Yeah. No, I put he, – he, he put any, if you're going to talk about exercise and he just busts out of – he hulks out of the closet and uh, <laughs> he, can, he cannot we, help himself. Which I, you know, We do talk about exercising uh, a lot on this podcast. Listen, I, I've, I've, I've broached the topic before. I think sword and sorcery and pumping iron go hand in hand and maybe not for everybody but – there is a connection between those two right. things. It, 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 it really is why I lift weights is because I, uh, you know, <laughs> part of my admiration of Arnold Schwarzenegger and Conan. And it is. I just, you know, you read about these guys at one point, you're like, well, I don't want to be a total, I want to be a total I wuss. Or is, I, 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 <laughs> actually, this is kind of funny. I remember a, uh, an old uh, a video, like how to draw comics the Marvel way. And it was like Stan Lee and Steve Buscema. Or, uh, sorry. Oh, my God. Steve yeah, Buscemi. Steve Buscemi. <laughs> John, John, John Buscema and Stan Lee. And uh, I remember Stan Lee saying something like, you want to draw comics the Marvel way. You don't want to draw a panty waist. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted the guys oh to be macho, right? So, yeah, I guess that had a big impression on me. So I don't want to 
looked I, like a panty waist. I wish Steve yeah, Buscemi yeah. was there for that, though. <laughs> I wonder, was he around when Marvel like hit the '90s and everyone had like their pecs had pecs? Oh no, no, that was that was like Rob Liefeld. Yeah, I, those, that are, was, those are those are the dark the, years. Yeah, there's a. I saw a cover of a Conan comic in a comic book store in like New York when I used to work there. Oh, I know and when you're talking. Had, about he had like black leather gloves. And he was just like roided out. It was just terrible. Yeah, and he was wearing a, I think they call the headpiece. I think it's a wimple or a wimp. Oh, yeah, a wimple. I think it's like, you know, uh, all of like Shatterstar and Image Comics guy had it. It was like this weird pseudo headgear that you would have when yeah, you're boxing. Yeah. yeah. Ugh, and he had like a ponytail popping out the yep, back. Yep. People complain about Marvel, like oh, Marvel ruined everything. It's like Marvel already did in the '90s, and then they kind of got better right. for a while. And it's, I don't it's know. the younger, it's ruining. the younger crowd that uh, that didn't yeah. get to experience the first ruining. Yeah, yeah. or it's people with yeah, short memories. Yeah. Who knows? Know. We've been down we, this road, but, but yeah, it's the uh, one year I'm anniversary. It is asking. the one year anniversary, so we can go down all. We can walk all roads again. Yeah, yeah, we can. Let's yeah. do Let's it. Do it. But uh, no, I'm glad you're doing well. I've been I, I've been yeah, talking to you well. on and off I'm, all day, so you know. Yeah, man, I'm. Uh, you know, I got no complaints here. Life is fantastic. That's good. That's good. So, right, Logan? Yes, life is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave that yeah. one alone. <laughs> yeah. So, so this uh, is our one year anniversary, and I mean, it's been pretty awesome. Like, it's been this has exceeded. I think. The first episode exceeded whatever we thought we were going to get out of this, um, just in like yeah. the first one or two. Uh, and since then, you know, I, we can't even start this without dropping a big thank you to all the listeners who have stuck with us for a year. We're thrilled that you started listening to us. We're thrilled that you continue to listen to us. And we hope you will continue to listen to us. Well, yeah. in, in the, con- the continuing to listen to is what really makes it... Um I don't know. It sort of solidifies the whole the whole piece because if it wasn't any good and you were just curious because you liked the subject matter, you wouldn't stick with it. So I feel like we're we're uh, providing a bit of what people like to hear, and that makes us uh, happy to keep to keep going. So definitely, um, much thanks for all the positive feedback, and we we really do have a good time. Yeah. So let's keep that going. Well, I was gonna say while we're thanking people, I also think that it's fitting to thank Funcom for making Conan Exiles because that's kind of yeah. how we met, <laughs> which yeah. ties into our origin story, which we all hate origin yes, stories. That's why we're gonna do it. But <laughs> that's why we're gonna do it. Well, and incident, incidentally, I don't know if anyone uh, from Funcom has listened to our show, but um, I had a I had a meeting with them like I don't know probably two months ago because I. Uh, I did work on the Conan Exiles um, RPG book from Modiphius, so like the crossover book, because apparently I'm the crossover RPG writer guy who does all the <laughs> <laughs> books with crossover. Uh, but uh, totally awesome dudes, and uh, they shared some information with me about particular projects that may never happen, but also ones that do happen that were like totally cool that I wish I could share with you. But I can't, and I just wanted to bring that up to bother yeah, people. Yeah, that's I guess. tantalizing <laughs> and really lame. <laughs> yeah, no, sorry, but well, uh, no. I think I, what's oh, I, ahead, I would, I, no, I would just say like I think um, we've always kind of given props to that company, even back with Age of Conan. Like, obviously, they're doing yeah, they're they're doing pastiche work, but I always really like what they do, even from 
you know, the level design and the, uh, the, the, the dungeons and the, the soundtrack and the character work. Like, yeah, they, they clearly uh, care about the subject. Yeah. Yes. And I think, I think they're actually more important, uh, to Conan's pop cultural presence now than perhaps they're, uh, given credit for. I agree. Know, obviously they, I the agree. game, the game was successful and it's, you know, it, uh, it keeps him in the, the public mind as far as video gaming goes, but, uh, they are yeah. super true to the aesthetic. Yeah. Maybe not necessarily, uh, the lore like, or they expand upon the, the canon, lore, yeah. The canon yeah. yeah, but, the, but to the aesthetic, they, it is, uh, five stars. Yeah. And they really do remind me of like RPG writers, as far as like, say you're a GM and you're doing a Hyborian age game, they do similar things where they just take little hints and tidbits from Howard and then they extrapolate and, and, you know, kind of go all in with it. Right. Like, yeah. uh, you know, which anyways. you have to do, like you're building a yeah, video course. game world in yeah. many cases, like you're going to have to take those liberties. Yeah. And that's Definitely. what's, that's, what's interesting about pastiche, right? Some people totally frig it up and then other people do a good job. And yeah. It's, it's just, it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just, it's clear with my meeting from those guys that they they truly get it and they truly care so anyways that's awesome. Com. yeah and that yeah. that is uh that's the beginning that's pretty much the beginning of the origin story so uh really quickly uh on the conan gaming group uh someone i don't remember who started a thread about playing um conan exiles obviously and on uh, ps4 on ps4 specifically and the three of us said, yeah, let's get together and, and do this. And, um, you know, Matt, actually, it's kind of funny because I was a fan of yours way back <laughs> when. No, I was. I, I was like you and I had had sm- like short little uh, conversations here and there. Not that you would even remember. Right. But, <laughs> but I but I but I remembered you because you were the admin of the, of the Conan Gaming Group. Right. Yeah. Right. Like so it was like a, it was somewhat of a name in my head. And I was like really happy for you when you got your job. I was, I was like, you know. Offering congratulatories, um, yeah, you know, because yeah. and I remember, like, you kind of like were you were pretty excited, obviously. Oh um, yeah. So you know, so I've I've been stalking you for years. <laughs> well, it's, <laughs> it's interesting, man. Like, I uh, it's a funny position to be in because I mean, obviously, I I, I get that too because there's there's people on Facebook that I have uh, that I see sort of the same way, whether it's admins or authors I've connected with. Yeah, and it's like you don't really know them, but you know them virtually. And, um, I don't know, there's times where like, that's work, that's not worked in my favor where people have kind of called me on stuff or wanted to kind of poke at me because they knew my association. Of course. I mean, you're an online presence. You're an online and that's what it is. And I guess I get it, but I mean, I am totally grateful and like, I'm, I'm just super happy with the community in general that surround Conan and gaming and, you know, it's kind of beyond that with Conan gaming group. It's not, it's really not just about the gaming anymore. Um, but I feel like it, it really is a place for, for all of us. And I try to take a, um, a soft approach. Like I don't want to ban anyone, but I also want it to be civil as ironic as that sometimes sounds. But <laughs> anyways, I, yeah. yeah. And, and I, I feel like it, it is closely connected to what we're doing here too, right? There's a shared audience and, um, yeah, I don't know. The, I'm, the I'm, beauty of a, uh, a Conan and any kind of a Conan group in on online is the minute somebody acts up. In come the civilization comments. Yeah. <laughs> Civilized <is> man. <laughs> yeah, it's more discourteous than savages. Yeah. Uh, but a friend of mine, he's like a history buff. He like, uh, he mentioned to me how much he hates that every time he sees it because he's like, 
okay, look, you don't understand like historically barbarians. It's like, I will give you examples of barbarians being completely disgusting human beings. <laughs> and it's, you know, and then he, but he also gets sort of the spirit of what's happening. He's yeah, just, of course. It's funny. Cause it's just, you can like, there should be just a meme for it. Essentially. Exactly. You know, you know, you know it's incoming. Right? <laughs> that's right. It's memeable. Totally. Yep. yep. So, um, so back to our, our, our small origin story that's getting stretched out, of course. Uh, so we got on PlayStation, we got on uh, Conan Exiles. Uh, I exhibit I exhibited my skills at playing <laughs> video games, which is extremely laughable. Uh, Guys, you, where am I? You died in a sandstorm <laughs> twice on the way back to your body. Yes, yes. Uh, um, <laughs> I'm very bad uh, at first person type games. Very bad. Um, Logan was very good, and I believe Logan that game. I learned that you love climbing more than anything. I do. Yeah. The climbing mechanic in that game is the most genius open world mechanic ever created since open world was created. Every open world game needs to have that elder scrolls. I know Bethesda has screwed up so much as of late, but if you don't have climbing in the next elder scrolls game, you are missing the point. Uh, They just keep recycling that same engine, you know? Oh, man. And the travesty that they did with Fallout 76 and their brand new, like, $100 year subscription. <laughs> just what, what a bargain. Yeah. <laughs> stop. But that's a whole different conversation. That is a very different conversation. So, yeah. So, at any rate, we wound up uh, playing a couple of games. And I remember from my end, we started to have text conversations or yeah. Facebook messenger conversations. And I remember standing at my daughter's soccer practice and I, I, I think it was me that suggested it, but I, I could be mistaken and maybe just being uh, greedy with the credit. But I think that I was like, we should have, we should just run a podcast. I bet people yeah, would no, listen to that. Yeah. And uh, you got, you guys bit and then we needed to figure out how to do it. <laughs> well, yeah, I, yeah. I see. I always kind of wanted to do that because I mean, obviously I love talking about this stuff. Um, and talking but, <laughs> me <laughs> Sullivan. I don't think so. All right. I'm going to stop my conversation. Um, we were together. We talked over, like we were like grinding iron and making like steel at a base on exiles and talking about what we wanted to do with yep. it. Yeah. And the big, the big and, thing was we didn't want to copy the Chromecast. Yeah, that was that was a big yeah. thing, uh, and I think we've we, done a good we job of not down. doing that. Yeah, we sat down and said, if we were the Chromecast, you want to be the dollar store version. <laughs> yeah, well, we do. We do every time we do bizarre the bizarre, and Logan goes, "That's my one thing." Yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. Damn it, Logan. Yep. I I'm going to be honest. I've only listened to maybe like eight episodes of Chromecast. It's not even. It's just what it is. That's a thing that I said. It's one thing that I wanted to say. <laughs> well, like, listen, cr- listen, credit to them. It's a brilliant, yeah, it's definitely. a brilliant name for something. Yeah. 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 And um, Logan has really introduced <laughs> me to saying rad about things. <laughs> That's rad. Yeah, I, I've, I've said rad in the past and I think Logan's, uh, use of rad has kind of reawakened. And actually my, uh, my, my 
my kid says it now too. She says, <laughs> she's, she actually said the other day, she was like, Oh, that's cringy. Now I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So, so, I mean, that wraps up more or less the origin story from there. I think you all know pretty much the rest. We put out that first episode. It was a smash hit. We toured the world uh, on many shows, uh, offered many, many jobs, and we declined them all to continue to bring you free podcasts. <laughs> Uh, but I think while maybe not, you know, the runaway hit in podcast world, I think we were all surprised at the amount of people that listened to the first episode. We were very surprised. And I would hold your horses on saying not a runaway hit. Most (laughs) recently, we ranked number 33 on Norway's leisure podcasts. I'm just saying that's that's up there. (laughs) Thank yeah, that's you also people that listen to listen in Norway. <laughs> that's Viking land yes, too. Yeah. I know. That's our people. They get, right. they get it. Yeah, they know what they we're doing. Number thirty-three. <laughs> thirty-three. What a crap. Thirty-three number. in Norway. Gonna... <laughs> like, like it's it's yeah. a good it's a good number. It's a good place to be. I just mean like thirty-three, not thirty, not thirty-five. This is weird. Thirty. Number. It's the most sword and sorcery <laughs> of numbers, honestly. Yeah. And, and I run a, pod, a podcast about it, so I know. It's the most dollar store sword and sorcery yeah. podcast. Uh, that would be like ninety nine. Uh, yeah. So, so through our through our episodes, do you guys have? I'm not going to ask for a favorite because that's that's not fair, and that would also would not be fair to our guests. Uh, do you have a favorite guest? No. <laughs> um, but what is um, what what's your favorite? I'm going to say topic, but then I'm going to uh, kind of narrow what I'm saying. What's your favorite topic? But what I mean by that is, do you like talking about the literature, the comics, the movies, the games? What like what really gets your goat when it comes to all of this? I think um, having like when we were talking about this, I was looking through the episodes and I remember distinctly moments from all of them and I love them all. But I do really, really like digging into the characters I think uh, Fafford and the Grey Mouser, most recently Solomon Kane. We also did Elric. Um, those three, I think, I had the most fun because I got to like – I love digging in as most of you have probably figured out. I really like Easter eggs and stuff like that. So researching like how they show up in pop culture and stuff and getting to talk about um, how how the world interacts with them, whether they know it or not, I really love that stuff. Yeah, I yeah, I, I think sort of launching off from that, for me, it's the um, it's the sort of discoveries we make while speaking about it. So like cosmic horror, certain things come up. That that's one of my favorite episodes as far as just yeah, us going back one. and forth. Like just discoveries end up being made in the moment, and you know maybe they're not all accurate, and then maybe upon reflection later, it might have been somewhat of a thin point. Even I'm mean, I'm speaking from my end. Um, but couple that with, uh, audience participation and like sort of things that people are bringing up to add to it. That's the element I like the best is that it's sort of, um, the discovery and the fluidity of, of this medium. Um, that, that's my favorite aspect of doing this for sure. Right. Right. I've, I've enjoyed, uh, if I had to pick one of those, uh, quote unquote topics that I mentioned, uh, I really have have enjoyed talking about the um, the the videos, the movies, right? The, and whenever we get to weave that in, because I am not like the biggest movie watcher, 
but you guys like run circles on me. So I learn a lot about it. And I find that like, I find that fascinating. And when we did that Conan uh, <laughs> two-parter, I I learned a lot. I learned a lot about a that. Bloated, yeah. bloated massive yeah. podcaster. But, but I do yeah. also agree that I, I think the, the participation is just, uh, that's one of the coolest things. And I mean, yeah. we're very fortunate to be in a position uh, where we get to kind of do this and have people give us feedback and kind of talk about that. Um, in fact, actually, I got a really cool review if you guys want to hear it. Of course yeah. I do. Yeah. I'm, what is my name again? Sullivan? Sullivan. So this is um, this this one is our I think our most recent one. Uh, and, you know, we don't have like scores and scores of reviews. So each one of these is super duper valuable to us. And I, I know we say this on uh, at sort of we plug ourselves. These uh, these reviews on Apple or pretty much any any platform boost up us in terms of not, not not just emotionally which it does but uh it, it actually boosts up our visibility <laughs> these guys are laughing at me uh, it boosts up our visibility and then more people can discover the show which is really cool so this one's awesome this one's called learning every episode i came into this podcast off the back of having starting started playing a conan rpg while familiar enough with sns i wasn't involved quote unquote with it I knew Conan and that was about it. Numerous episodes later and my Kindle is full of new suggestions from these guys. I found new groups to get involved with and I'm loving everything SNS and can't get my hands. uh, I can't get my hands on it enough. Three wonderful hosts. You know, I think he mostly means me here. I think he mostly meant me, but that's okay. Three wonderful hosts who all all bring their own expertise and opinions uh, leads to wonderful listen but most of all, their sheer enthusiasm and depth of knowledge is infectious. Okay, that was really nice, and uh, we do appreciate that. Uh, even yeah. if um, even if you're tangentially interested in this SNS uh, in SNS, I can't recommend this podcast highly enough. So that back half, of course, is super flattering. We love that, but I think the beginning part really nails. Like I think what we mm-hmm. wanted this to be all about is to talk about uh, recommendations. What's new? You know, because we always have felt that SNS was not, well, we said it was dying, right? But more and more, the spirit of it seems to prevail. Mm-hmm. And and maybe it, we do know that it's a small niche, but mm-hmm. there are things out there that people are starting to get their tendrils in. And we're going to talk about one of them in just a little bit, right? Yeah. But that not that, isn't that yes. so cool? Like somebody listens uh. to our stuff and here it is taking these suggestions, um, you know, and-, and and growing in, growing into the genre. Yeah, yeah. I, I, lo- I love that review so much. Not 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 because it's like, oh, yay for your podcast, but just because it really does sort of touch on the exact sort of thing that I, I think we all want to accomplish with this, right? It's not so much the, you know, people who are diehard SNS, they all, you're already here with us, right? But it's that like. Better be. Yeah, <laughs> but it's that like. You know, the people who are sort of starting to get interested and in digging into it. And I love the idea that it started as like a Conan RPG, right? Because yeah. honestly, that was that was my initial journey too. Like I um, you know, I kind of started with Conan and then I always wanted really wanted to run an RPG. And then from there you're looking at every little tidbit and all the other stories that are connected and trying to build worlds out of it. And I don't know. That's just for me is sort of like what it's all about. So who who's who shared that with us? This was uh, CPL Wilkes uh, on so. Apple Podcasts. Uh, it says Great Britain. So thank you very much, Ooh, Great Brad. Britain. Ooh. Thank Cheers you very to you. Much. Yeah, CPL. Yeah, CPL Wilkes. Yep. 
Thank you. We really do appreciate it. And um, again, so maybe now is the best time to unveil uh, one of the little things, one of the little surprises that we've had uh, because we've had, we've hit a year um, and, you know, we've, we've been doing this for a little bit. We've have a quote unquote, a, a listenership, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> Um, so Logan, why don't you, why don't so, you? So, yeah, yeah. Um, well, it's, if you've listened at all, you know that Matt and I are writers. Um, you know that Alex has narrated a short story and you know that we're all at least mildly creative. Well, we thought that it would be beneficial to the community if we, had a small collection of our own short fiction. So we will be having by Christmas time, a cheap little couple stories and some poems by us, uh, available to purchase on Amazon. And hopefully we can, uh, you know, spread the pros a little bit. Spread the pros, spread the pros, <laughs> which is something I probably am not, usually gonna be caught saying but. <laughs> <laughs> he usually gets uh he usually takes jabs at me for caring deeply about pros the uh the main thing here too though and one thing that you you did leave out is that the proceeds of this uh is going to go back into the show to be fair i didn't know how much we wanted to reveal about that but yes yeah. it is going to go back to the show so yeah. okay well i didn't i didn't think it was a big deal yeah. so i don't know you guys fair. can come and get me if that was the wrong and thing to say no, it no, not at for, all. It will be for a dollar store price. Because, yes, uh, yes, yes. We do not hold ourselves in the highest so, regard. No, so, but I no. think that that's super cool because, first of all, it's all about the pulps, right? Right. So, yeah. we we are going to give an electronic pulp account essentially for a very electronic pulpy kind of price. Definitely, um, we're talking like a dollar ninety nine here. So. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, uh, now that's American. I know. Uh, yeah, it's American. All of the listeners uh, who are interested in what I'm doing are Canadian, um, so it's going to cost you a little more because you know our dollar sucks compared to the Yanks. But <laughs> is that a, is that a derogatory term if I say Yanks? Is that okay? Oh man, we just talked about the history of the term Yankee Doodle, and it is so complex. But no, derogatory is not a word I would call it. I don't. I don't have to backpedal. No, no, I no think you're okay with that. Okay, I didn't take offense. Okay. Um, and I don't know what that was going to cost in Norway. I think that that's... Yeah, sorry, Norway. <laughs> that's, a, that's actually a concern. We got to look into that. That's important. Yeah. I feel um, like... Uh, <laughs> no, nah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have no thoughts because I do not know. <laughs> Let's be, I'll be straight with you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, we want to provide you with better um, quality... And that unfortunately requires us to have a little bit extra. So new mics, stuff like that. So we can do the best dollar store sword and sorcery that you can find on the internet for free. And that also brought up with me something I just wanted to say. Uh, on the last episode, I, I listened back and I heard Alex's uh, intro for Solomon Kane. Uh, and it was so like, good, right? It was awesome. <laughs> it's so it was such good. a good job. Yeah, I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Good Did job, you stick Al. around for the end one too? You know, I did. I, I, yeah, didn't, I didn't get through egg? the rest of it. Oh, I didn't man. get through the rest. You're I'm gonna so I'll listen to it. I'll listen to it uh, tomorrow at the gym. I I'm have. Pumped. I, I was really into it. Really, really into it. Like there was something about 
Solomon Kane that was speaking to my soul on that. I just really, I really enjoyed him as a character uh, more than I thought that I would. There was something that I just like could adopt about it. Um, and I really, really dug it. So thank you. I listen post after that podcast, I'm more into Solomon Kane than I ever have been. Yeah. So yeah. good job. Yeah. Rogues in the house podcast. Nice. You know, it's a good, you know, it's a good podcast when you turn yourself onto the topic. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I have one other cut um, of a Solomon Kane thing and I actually think it's my best. So I might tuck it in maybe in this one or in the future, I'll, I'll roll it out. Uh, it's just like a minute and a half, but I, I was very proud of it again. So, so now that we've now that we've gushed about ourselves yes. for about a half hour, yes. uh, let's let's get to some let's gush about uh, something that's come across uh, the interwaves that's that's arrived on our plate that it, so, we're all pretty much in love with, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Now I gotta start with this because this blows my mind. Um, if you Google Primal, you will get the Primal cartoon. But the second primal you get is this new movie. And I don't know if you've seen the trailer, but it stars Nicolas Cage as a big game smuggler whose ship has been infiltrated by an international assassin, and he uses a jaguar to kill it or to kill the assassin. Almost like a story Logan would write. Right? That sounds so cool. <laughs> I, I wasn't <laughs> sure, but now I know that you thought it was cool. I yeah, I just yeah, yeah, yeah. awesome. I don't know that I think it's uh, cool. <laughs> I adore Nicolas Cage because he is committed to being insane. Yeah, yeah. Is, okay, uh, that's fair. Yeah, so, yeah. so Nicolas Cage as Solomon Kane, 2020. Oh. It's, it's happening. <laughs> I, love it. I love it. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Before, all right, anyway, so before I, we dig into Primal, though, I do want to say to yeah. our listenership, this is going to have spoilers. It's been out for a little while. This, it's yeah. going to be November when this airs. Uh, and so you've had the whole month to watch this. If you haven't watched it, go to Amazon Prime, pay $15 for the five episodes or t- whatever it is. Worth 13, it. Totally worth it. I guarantee you, you will not be disappointed. Watch them, then come back to this podcast and listen to our discussion about it. I find the spoiler uh, topic these days interesting, but it's not, it's not a heavy, it's not a big plot show. It is so much about no. um, visual, visual storytelling. There's certain yeah. things that, that maybe are best to experience in the moment, but I don't think it's a um, I don't think it's a total it's not going to ruin anything if you hear about it. But um, by the same token, yeah, you should probably watch it or this will be less interesting. Yeah. to you. I mean, I just yeah. wanted to be yeah. respectful and make sure that folks, yeah. uh, you know, solid did, didn't totally. feel cheated. Um, all right. So I think probably the best thing to start with is the two main characters, right? Whose names are. Spear and Fang. Right. Now, where have I heard that before? I, I feel like there's been some author who might have had his first story uh, published professionally uh, under that name. His name's like Robert or something, Rob- right? Yeah, Robert Jordan. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's it. Robert that's it. E. He wrote e. Jordan. the best Conan Robert stories. E. Jordan. Yeah, the guy who wrote the best the best Conan stories, Robert <laughs> Jordan. Oh, no, wait. No, no, no. It's uh, Robert E. Howard who had it published. Uh, it, was, it was at Weird Tales, too, wasn't it? Spear and Fang. I believe so. Um, yeah. I think it was, I don't it's know like for sure, but I think it was printed after his death because it was like, no, 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 one of, no, 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 no. Okay. No, maybe he, I'm thinking of something else. He, uh, it was in the twenties. I want to say he was really maybe. young when he wrote it. Right. Yeah. It was very young. And I remember I actually read about it recently and like he got the acceptance and it was like, it galvanized him totally mm-hmm. to keep writing. Fair and enough. then he just, um, you know, he went wild writing things. And I think he may not have had 
as I think published for a year or so, or, you know, he was kind of expecting the gates to open. Sure. Um, and they did not, but you know, obviously he was undeterred and kept, kept moving with it, but yeah, spear and fang. And spear is Conan. Well, the, ca- the, the caveman, caveman, yes. Drawn very yeah. similarly to what I think a lot of people would he's, think. He's, a, he's a yeah. square cut black yes, mane. The, yeah. I think he has blue eyes. Right. Well, especially um, the face. I think his eyes are probably black, but like, that, yeah, you, yeah, you, I think you're right. Yeah. You can just tell that many artists' um, renditions of the sort of the scowl, uh, you know, if you get a, a, a sort of beefy warrior type who's you know, dealing damage and he's got a long black mane and his shirt is off. There's just going to be some connection to Conan there. It's it's inescapable. And so Fang, who of course is a, uh, theropod, right. Of some sort. Yeah. She, she's a, like, I'm presuming an adolescent Tyrannosaurus Rex. A mommy. She's Uh, a mommy. Yeah. Just just as Spear is a daddy. And, and that actually, so this is the first big, Spoiler, steal yourself, people. Uh, they, mm. um, the two of them kind of unite through tragedy, which, dude, yeah. I'll tell you, that hit me like a ton of bricks. I was almost like misty eyed in that first episode. The little children yeah. are ridiculous. Like yeah. the dinosaur tosses the tiniest one in the air right. and like it's a silhouette and you just see the like eyes. Right. Oh. Part of it's funny and part of it's like, oh, my God, what's yeah. going on? They're drawn with totally babyish, cute features. Yes. Yeah. Like your, your protective instinct kicks in immediately. I was actually OK like, with that part, too. But go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, I, I mean, listen, it, the idea is to sort of punch you in the gut. I mean, they, they did it. And um, I feel, you know, it reminds me of Pixar films in the same way that, like, you don't expect yourself to be moved by, you know, cartoons and things that are a little more difficult to connect with. Yeah. But, you, but you know, you're kind of soulless if you don't. Right. Have any uh, man, and man, I'll t- the other the other thing that you're going to hear a lot from me about this is the the close up on the eyes as a way of conveying yeah. emotion. And I know, yeah. Logan, you and I talked about this and that has it's, roots back. Yeah. Leon, Leon. Yeah. Right. And- Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, we, totally. I know we talked about that, and it has that that ties to the West. And I don't know if it's necessarily just that either. Um, but yeah, the eyes, the the way that they convey the emotion through that is just it's just so good. And um, yeah. I think that that is something that. Uh, and again, I'm going to butcher his name, uh, Jendi Tartavosky. I I think that is sort of like one of his hallmarks as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. Samurai Jack like did that a lot. Watch- yeah, Samurai Jack in Dexter's Laboratory, which I didn't know that he did when I watched Dexter's Laboratory as a kid. Uh, yeah, I um, didn't know that either. But uh, they do that a lot in in that show. Uh, he also did something called Symbionic Titan, which I did not see. But I don't think it was as well received as people would have liked mm, it to be. I don't so. know that one. Yeah. But – yeah. Well, so we have Spear and Fang, right? The uh, Spear's children get – eaten eaten and then what really hits me is when he goes and defends uh fang's offspring from from right. the the larger alpha theropods of some sort and he does it successfully until yeah until and they're like nuzzling him and stuff yeah. and like i was like oh that got me so more than I anything yeah you think that he's getting like a whole clan of them yeah yeah yeah, and he's gonna like raise them as like the father figure of these little ones. And I was like, I I can get on board with this. 
Nope. Devastated. De- absolutely yeah. devastating. So, you know, again, without getting too deep into it, they uh, they don't live. And, no, uh, not and live. then there's this the moment where, you know, a fatherless father or sorry, a, a childless father and a childless mother dinosaur like share a moment. Yeah. yeah. And again, this is like it's just so much in the feels over and over again in this first episode. And the the episode tails off with um, Spear walking away, but eventually Fang follows and they decide to, you know, in unspoken uh, in unspoken words, travel together, become a, a pair. Yeah, yeah, it ends up yeah. becoming it's it's sort of a, you suspect you might be in for a buddy cop situation. Yeah. Now, yeah. I don't feel that this episode, other than a few points, has any like real heavy sword and sorcery ties. Um, well, but please, you know, go ahead. Um, you're probably right in that it's not real sorcery or anything, right. but mm. I think it fits right in there with we like weird tales and pulp tradition, mm-hmm. and there's no denying that it's right there with Ray Harryhausen's 10 million years BC and when dinosaurs ruled the earth. Yeah. Um, which I would still chalk up as sword and sorcery movies, although they don't really involve sword and sorcery. Right. Yeah. I mean, we, we can, we can break this show down into terms of what genre we want to identify yeah. it as. But the fact is if you're into heroic fantasy and you're into sword and sorcery, you're going to dig this. Well, the reason yeah. I bring it up is because I think Every episode afterwards is heavily steeped in sword and sorcery, mm-hmm. with maybe the exception of the the woolly one, which we'll talk about as well. Uh, but like, I think this is your brief look at the uh, again, haha, origin stories of of these two, right? And and it sets it up for their for their buddy, hooray for friendship moment uh, yeah. that, that come up in the in the future. <laughs> I guess I'm thinking about it. Episode two, I think, is also not all that. I mean, other than giant snakes, that's, that's, which uh, that, that hits yeah. the mark for me. That's you know the the idea. Uh, so it's a hallmark. Yes. Yeah. In real life, um, on occasion, like snakes ball together for whatever reason, and the a spear and fang encounter a ball of titanoboa, or what mm. I assume are they're supposed to be. They're just giant snakes. And um, that I prospect of a ball of giant snakes all intertwined together is um, horrifying. It is horrifying. And I didn't know that snakes ball together. They do. Um, I'm not a huge reptile enthusiast, um, but I do know uh, I, from my research on weird things in nature for story purposes that um, small snakes like water moccasins do it. Um, they ball together in like a big knot kind of thing. Mm. Um, I don't know exactly why, but I know they do Yuck. it. Yeah, gross, gross, gross. right? Um, a lot of there was some comedy in this episode too. I like in th- so we're it, talking about episode uh, yes. two now. I thought this was one of the funnier episodes where the they're, yeah. they're not you know it's sort of like the odd couple. They're not getting along. Uh, right, you're expecting you're expecting that like okay after uh, the first episode that they're cool now they got to work together because it's a harsh land. But then uh, Fang is just going around and stealing all of his kills. Yeah, he's being <laughs> like, a jerk. But I love, I love too that it's not they don't completely anthropomorphize the dinosaur. Like no, they, they do the at times. Yeah, yeah, yeah she like, is kind of a dog, but she's also like <laughs> she's she's kind of a, a jerk, right? Yeah, at points, but because it's not taking you're not taking the whole dinosaur out of it for the sake of plot. 
because she it's knows like, that she's being a jerk. I think it's yeah. implied that like she's doing what she can to annoy. Yeah, here. I guess I, I just overall I'm just so impressed with how um, how much they managed to just sort of throw the kitchen sink at this as like you get a sense that the filmmaker is like, I want to hit all these really cool things over the course of these episodes. I want to have all these moments with all these creatures and these scenes, but I also want to make the relationship solid and I want the arc to work and I want you to have all these feelings about it. And they pull it off like amazingly. Yeah. yeah. That's what's so impressive to me is that like, there's not a dull moment. The action I, I flows really it all well. Hangs together. Like it's just beautifully animated. Exactly. And I didn't, I never, honestly with you guys know, I've said this before. Animation is not like, I love the medium, but if you're really trying to go for deep emotional storytelling, it seldom works for me. Like, yeah, I agree. Pixar films can do it because they like lay into that pathos hard. Um, and, and this one really does too, but this one is working with, you know, it's it's simple animation. It's not you're not talking about incredibly dynamic, um, you know, uh, what am I? Backgrounds. Yep. Yeah, it's like, not right. Yeah. Yeah, well, not even that. Just like not that many animations. Like it's it's simplistic, but it's it's yeah, well chosen. So again, this goes back it's, to the eyes, right? Because they show the yeah, they exactly. show those cuts of those eyes, and it, yeah. it, there's almost nothing moving on the screen. Right, yeah. but it's but it's all you get, all the information yeah. you need, right? And it it lingers just enough time. Um, and the fact that it's, we have, I don't think we've mentioned that there's no dialogue whatsoever, right. no, um, but that's part of what really works for me is that that's where I tend to fall off with animation is either shoddy voice work or just some kind of disconnect with the, you know, I just don't believe that the moving characters, uh, the, something that just doesn't flow for me. So with this, where you've removed that element, uh, and it's all visual storytelling and, uh, you know, I love that you guys brought up the spaghetti Western. It's just well-chosen shots, and it's like a series of storyboards um, with everything coming together and, and not needing that dialogue. Yeah. And it just, yeah, really works. I like I yeah. like in the second episode, too, uh, the, they sort of come together at the end. So they, like, evade the snakes. They fight the snakes. Um, and then I think, it, I think it's this one at the end of this one where uh, Fang, like, barfs up the spear at the end to like, uh, yeah, yeah, sort of, that's it. like after it's all that, gesture. right. It's, it's, it's a gesture of, of I, like friendship. I don't think he barfs it, but like it breaks yeah. earlier yes. on and, and like, held spear, it. yeah, leaves it because he's like mad. And then at the very end, Fang runs off and then seconds later reappears with the broken spear, like and as a gesture. But of, I love you. You get the sense that the spear is like, it's, it's not so much the spear, it's the spear tip, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's a valuable piece. And it even gleams a bit like there's a glint that comes off of it. So you get a sense that maybe it's, you know, got some metal components or there's there's something special about it. And the dinosaur knows it. And he's sort of like or sorry, she <laughs> she's sort of like, yeah, I know I was taking all your stuff. Your <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. Like the part that gets me about that is if anyone's if anyone's ever had a dog, like I've lived with dogs all yeah, my yeah. life. Like, what do they do? They wreck something sometimes or pee on yeah, the floor yeah. or whatever it is. And then they just sort of come up to you and apologetically like that. I've never had a dog offer me a spear tip or anything like that, but you know, they, <laughs> they're looking to be pet. They sort of come to you with their head bowed a little bit. Uh, and mm -hmm. the, you know, the sad eyes and, and you have some yeah. sort of 
almost humanizing moment with them, you know? And I think that they capture that a lot in this as well, where like, if you're a pet lover, you're going to love this show too. Yeah, totally. Uh, we didn't miss the nod to Conan the Barbarian 1982 in this um, episode because uh, Spear puts on the Sumerian camouflage. Oh, you're right. In the, in the yes. Yes. Yeah. yes, yes. Good call yeah. out. Good call out. Right. Well, and, and for the record, um, we did, uh, I think we all read it. There was a brief interview where the director comments on his uh, influences and talks about how he was a big fan of Solomon Kane and Conan the mm-hmm. Barbarian. So just so we're not like actually pulling this out of thin air, uh, yeah. the guy clearly not only is he showing the influences throughout the show, but it's uh, it's written in stone. He has he has gone on record and said that he was influenced by it. So Spear and Fang is not I mean, I'm sure that could be a coincidence, but we've got to think that he's actually probably a pretty deep power. I highly fan. doubt it. I mean, yeah. especially with the yeah. way that he's drawn. I mean, I, I would be surprised yeah. to find out that any of that's a coincidence. Yeah. Me as as well. So the emotional journey continues through episode three. And I think, uh, Matt, before I had watched it, you had sent a text being like something like holy woolly mammoth episode or, you know, something like that. Like you totally acknowledged it before I had seen it. And again, like, yeah, no, no, you're, you're, you're fine. Cause it didn't really mean anything to me at the time. I just knew, I knew it was com- coming up and I, I knew something was going to happen. And this is another oh, yeah. one that is hitting you in the feels over yeah, and man. over and over again. From, from like the very beginning. And like, I almost think the episode is less about spear and fang and more about the mammoths yeah. almost. Yeah. 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 yeah totally. Um, because, because that's it. The, the episode opens with, it's not about your main characters you're ready for. It's this like vignette about the old mammoth. Right? Oh my gosh. And the old mammoth. That's such a nature documentary yep. moment. Exactly. It's and old. It, it's yeah. left behind by the herd because it's old and it's like a blizzard. And I'm not mm-hmm. sure that they mean to leave him behind, but they do. Then out of nowhere, a Tyrannosaurus Rex and a caveman just wreck it. And right. It's the like, two, the two that you have been rooting for. Yeah. Thus far. Come in and then uh, that's just such a brilliant piece of storytelling is that, you know, they they <laughs> present this other thing to make you feel sympathetic for. And then they show you the people you have been rooting for doing something that's like a couple of bastards. So you, like, yeah, wrecking like, this guy. You just nailed why I actually would call this a sword and sorcery episode. Right. Because right. there's your like morally gray area. Like they're doing what they got to do to survive. And for me, right. it's, it, it encapsulates the title of the series, Primal. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. what this is, right? Like you can still have these very human feelings and moments, but ultimately there's a there's a survival piece in the world as harsh as hell. Right. Yeah. And so like Chanel and I have been watching this these like Planet Earth documentaries, and it was such a like a shark eats the baby seal moment for me. But <laughs> shortly after, like they like spear and fang kill the mammoth but uh and yeah it's part of nature but spear like looks it in the eyes it closes and like obviously like it really or spear realizes it's you yeah. know part of the cycle of life yeah, he pays his respects yeah pays his yeah. respects exactly which yeah. i have to think so a while back uh ubisoft released a game called far cry primal i did a mm. video on it early in our podcast and there's a scene where your character hunts an elder mammoth 
and then it goes into cutscene and does the same thing. Mm-hmm. So it seems like he probably played that video game too. Well, I mean, if you're going to go ahead and then spend years of your life working on a show called Primal, yeah, <laughs> yeah, a little field research might, is necessary. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. But I mean, it also just goes back to the whole, you know, uh, respecting. There, there's a theme there, right? As far as respecting your right. reverence, you know, reverence, your natural reverence world. towards nature. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I, I, I love that. And of course, the again, the the animal lover in me. Uh, dies a little bit when I see something like that, but then they, no, but then hard, they man. reward you. Yeah, then, then they reward you in just moments later as he's uh, cutting off uh, like the mammoth hide. He, what is a uh, spear puts one on Fang to try to warm him or warm, warm her. Yeah. And like any dog that you put something on, they shake it right shake off. It off. <laughs> I, I find the, uh, her expressions just so comedic. Cause it's like, they don't do, they're not making this thing smile, right? Yeah, it's just it's this like, like deadpan. It's this deadpan face, but they put the you know, depending on the situation, it just makes it super yeah. funny to me. Yep, in a good way, not like silly. Just it's endearing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we're treated to like, you know, a fight where our two quote unquote heroes get the crap beat out of them, but the mammoths are like trying to avenge the death of their their member mm. and does it spear like offers the tusk yeah. right in thanks or like yeah. in not necessarily in thanks but in like sympathy like he gets yep. it yeah mm. well it, it's about um sort of the elephant graveyard right they the yeah, in the yeah. end the mammoths need to pay respects to their elder and, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm maybe anthropomorphizing this a little bit, but they, I took it as they need to pay respects to their elder. So they need to properly bury their elder. Uh, and they bring that, that, that tusk back and they sort of do that rocking yeah. ceremony. And they, they essentially have a, a, a burial for, for the, um, the remains. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, and then it ends. Like my favorite, like the endings of every episode, it kind of drags out a little bit long and then black. Dumb. Right. I just, yeah. I love and, that. Such. And I want to use uh, actually that reminds me because I've got to bring up the the music in this show. So oh, the yeah. music is done by a guy named Tyler Bates, and uh, he did Three Hundred, and he also mm-hmm. did Conan the Barbarian two thousand eleven. Yep. And I didn't really care for the music in that movie, but this seems like a uh, a really good use of it because it's oh. it's mostly just sort of kinetic moving. You know, it works with the energy. It's it's minimalistic. There's not a lot of like melody. It's just a lot of drums and, and things like that. Um, did you guys feel like the music really oh, yeah. worked for yeah. you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Today in class, we were talking about how music can make you feel things, like while watching a documentary about uh, Daniel Boone, and we were talking about how like themes for like. Star Wars or Indiana Jones or Avengers or whatever, just they, they really get you pumped up. For me, it's the Godzilla theme song from like the newest Godzilla movie they played at the end. It's the same thing. Like it just nails the mood that they want you to feel. Sure. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. And it just it play it it syncs up so well with um the animation. Like yeah. I'm thinking of episode four with the sort of raptor uh uh, heard, you know. Oh yeah, and, uh, it just it just comes in kicking, and, and actually, even yeah. just to go back to the first episode, 
the thing that kind of blew my hair back and I knew that this show had the right tone was sort of that first scene. He's fishing in the river. Oh, yeah. And then that giant oh. crocodile pops up and then it just the music kind of blares. That's in, right. Yep. That and then cuts yeah. to the black screen. You see your title. I mean, how are you going to not love that? Yeah, no, that's you know? good. Yeah. Black primal. Yeah. Those things are yeah. so really, good. really important to me as far as, um, you know, filmmaking television. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that this is, this is something that perhaps it would work in another medium, but it really feels like one of those examples that it sort of had to be an animated dialogue less show. You know, yeah. that's what it's all. It's perfect for the medium that it was created for. And we can't say that about everything we ever read. Like certain things make could make a good movie and a good TV show and a good book. Whereas this, I think, kind of has to be what it is. Right. Yeah. Well, it's powerful uh, for sure. You know? Yeah, totally. And you mentioned episode four and we just did Solomon Kane, And episode four has to be Wings in the Night. It's so close mm. to Wings in the Night. Um, so, like, we open and they're running from a pack of raptors, which in the trailer I thought he was, like, leading them on, like, a charge. Yes, it, what does, it, did, it did imply that. Yeah, but uh, that's not what's happening. They're running from, and if you remember in Wings of the Night, uh, Solomon Kane starts off running from a pack of cannibals. And then Spear and Fang come to what appear to be helpless humanoid um, ape people of some Mm -hmm. sort. And that's kind of mirrors how Wings of the Night goes. And then we get our most sword and sorcery episode so far when they introduce these like sentient bat things. They look so cool. Yeah. They're awesome. God at the top of a mountain. Yep. I know (laughs) that, that that's what I was thinking when I'm watching this. I'm like, okay, this is awesome. Now we have bat creatures. Yeah. They look wicked. They're like red and black. There's a giant spire. The dinosaur is trying his best to climb up climb because thing, his friend yeah. is captured. Which was hilarious and, and cute. It uh-huh. was. It was. But it like the other thing that's so impressive, even just by the animation, is like imagine on paper you're trying to say, all right, this weird giant two legged dinosaur is trying to climb up a spire and keeps falling on his back. Yep. but like sliding down the mountain like again this is like very much where they make it feel feel like how like a puppy would do it right like kind of like fall down slide down the stairs or something like that that's Uh, right i love i love that it's just in the midst of all the the tension and the action they find a way to just weave in something that's just a little bit humorous and kind of like tickles you a little bit yeah so what i so this episode more than any other episode subverted my expectations yeah. I was expecting, based on some of the imagery and how things went, that this particular ape creature was going to be inspired by Spears or like Spear and Fang's two man assault on these things and go get all the others and then storm the keep, which is pretty. Oh, sword, yeah. Like they learned they would have learned like how to use tools, essentially. Yeah. yeah that's kind of where I thought it was going to some of that stuff out. Yeah. But that's not what happens. No. What happens is just as cool. But like they lead them back to the, the the velociraptors, and the velociraptors like tear apart the remaining bat things. Right. Yeah. This is so so cool. But I love I love to yeah I remember watching this and I was like okay so now he's climbing the tower, and we're in the tower and then a giant like a giant spider shows up like big spider yeah 
And of course, a tower and a spider in the same breath has to make me think of the tower, tower of the, the elephant. elephant. Right. But even just aside from that, it's like that when the spider showed up is when I was like, oh, my God, this is so sword and sorcery because it's yeah. a giant spider. But like, also the whole problem solving situation of like he digs into the egg sack and uses it as his escape route. Mm-hmm. Yep, and like, like the rope uh, goes down and like ties it around Fang. And yeah. Yeah. And this so this good. this show started off really well, but I feel like it really hit its stride with episode four and. And then five was the one that just blew my hair back. Yeah, five amps it up to 11. Yeah, man. Just, yeah. Even, now there's one like, I wish I had written it. I wish I came up with these concepts for a short story. Because it's just like, damn, that's awesome. Right. And, like, I love episode five. And I, I, like, I kind of knew where it was going. Because I accidentally read some spoilers on a dinosaur group I'm in. But uh, right, yeah, exactly. It's such a Logan problem. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, it starts out super slow, uh, and they're just kind of like enjoying this peaceful retreat in this like garden oasis. Yeah, that's the and problem. Me knowing all, a little bit about it, I was like, my friend, yeah, all purposeful. Was, like, yeah. When's that's the coming? problem. When's it coming? Yep. Yeah. When's it coming? And they just drag out a little bit. I don't want to say too long, but it's a lot like if you've seen um, Once Upon a Time in the West, it's like uh, Sergio Leone's last um, Spaghetti Western. The opening duel uh, at the very beginning, it just goes on forever. But the tension is he's building and building and building and building. And you're like, the tension can't build anymore. Right. But it does. And then all of a sudden. It's absolutely intentional. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, sure. and and, in, and you're almost you know it's coming, and you're almost to the point of, I don't want to say boredom, but right, right, you sort of right. are like ready. I'm ready for it, and it still doesn't come, and then it still doesn't come. But it's like I, I still found myself uh, really wrapped up in like the beauty of paradise, oh, yeah. you know? Yeah, I, I I'm I'm really a sucker for that. Like whenever I visit tropical destinations or. I'm yeah. watching a film where, you know, the cinematography is really helping you drink in the lush tropical area. Like it's gorgeous. So and the butterflies, <laughs> the like land yeah. on the banks. And oh God. And... Another, another puppy moment. Yep. Yeah. Like yeah, exactly. Getting frustrated with all the butterflies chasing. <laughs> um, but then of course he goes, he goes under the water, has that moment where he's kind of finally feeling at peace. I was just going to say he that. Sees, he sees that movement above and goes up and his instincts are prickling. He knows Something is up. Yep. And then we enter the most sword and sorcery portion of the entire oh, show. We get yes. like a like a tribe of beast men red, led by <sighs> like a cult leader. Yeah. And they have like black tar that they drink and hulk out. Right. So <laughs> which they I, I pour almost, down. This is, this is the part I almost, yeah. I know we're already going into spoiler territory, but it's like this is the most spoilery moment of the show. Because yes. for me, I mean, it is the end, but That's it is the fair. moment where it just like. It's so awesome. It's so <laughs> it's, awesome. And it's also a punch right in the gut yes. at the end. So essentially what we get here is uh, it's a it's a gladiatorial ring where a bunch of ape men have chosen. They have a champion who is a bigger, badder ape, and he's laying the smack down. We see his prowess. And then, of course, um Spear and Fang are both have both been captured. And then Fang, the dinosaur, is let down. And this is what Alex would call our Rocky Four moment. That's right. 
So Apollo I Creed. I am a tiger. It's the thrill <laughs> of the fight. <laughs> Apollo Creed, uh, aka Fang, is in the ring fighting the the bad the badass champion. Um, and gets he's taken. like juiced up. Like it's not yeah. just himself yeah, the, anymore. Right. That's, and that's the other part. That's definitely juiced up badass champion. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. In in Rocky Four, they make uh, Ivan Drago seem like a cyborg. Oh, oh they, yeah, they have right. them. They show him uh, taking yeah. steroids. Yeah, that's my favorite Rocky because it's the it's a story about a man who singularly handedly single handedly stops the Cold War by fighting a genetically enhanced yeah. super soldier. Yeah, and he says, "If I can change, and you, you can, can change, change. we can all can change. change." And then yeah. Robert Reagan clapped his hands, and like everything was fine. Yeah, was that who that was supposed to be? That was supposed to be Reagan. <laughs> no, I didn't. that was like a Reagan era film, wasn't oh, it? Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. I think they they're supposed to have like Gorbachev in that, though, right? Like Tear sort, down that sort of wall. supposed to be him. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we're getting too political here. Yeah, <laughs> no, no. It's, but this is very, you know, Rocky <laughs> okay. Four. Yeah, Rocky Four. Yeah. Well, Rocky Four was totally political, but anyway, so we have a Rocky Four moment here. Um, but then, of course, we get into the situation where uh, so so Fang goes down and Spears like I've had enough of this. He breaks his way out, and he he gets this weird essence, which of course is going through a um, like sort a of a funnel. It's like a yeah, rouge. It's a rouge. Yeah. yeah, this whole setup is like a weird carved. It's it's a yeah, it's a ritual carved into the rock where they pour the, right. they pour like this black ooze or whatever mixture yeah. potion, whatever you want to call it, down the luge into the waiting mouth of like the champion. Yeah. And he's just sitting there waiting for a single drop. Right. And he gets that single drop and we see what it does to him and it makes him a crazy oh strong rage like, monster. And then, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> then uh, the, the filmmaker is like, all right, I've shown you what influences I really like, but I've not yet touched on the incredible Hulk. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so then we get, you know, we get the the Hulk moment where he basically breaks free and he consumes the entire contents mm-hmm. of this whatever this liquid this substance is. We get a sense that it's magical or you know who, who knows where this is. Yeah, right. Yeah. Anyways, so he hulks out to the max, and it is just a bloodbath. It's pure blood and yeah. thunder beyond the it point. It is a poetic ballet of grotesque violence. Right, and it's not just <laughs> against the champion. But no, he takes it out on the entire tribe. Kills the entire genocide, tribe. Right. Like yeah. just destroyed. I, yeah. I think I, before we, we move any further, though, I, I want to just rewind just a little bit because I think we're underplaying just how cool the ritual is. Of, oh, yeah. Of like they, they have like yeah. the shaman, uh, the priest or whatever you want to call him, mm-hmm. uh, like the, the priest monkey man. Up on top with like all the uh, the staff and all that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, doing all, the ritual. All, all the hallmarks, right? Yes, yeah. yeah. I mean, it it was really, really well done and heavily played. Yeah, that yeah. It just it's one of those moments where you know you're watching a piece of entertainment, and you're like, it's that rare moment where this understands me and this is a gift. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just yeah. get that moment where this is a classic piece. Uh, I deserve this. Uh, I, I just don't. I just don't always get it. We th- waited thank so you. long. Yeah, yeah. So the bloodbath ends. Yeah, and then and then explain the gut punch. I don't want to do it. I can't recount. No. I can't bring it back up. I, I'm I'm imagining that the Hulkness of Spear took a while to to leave his body. Um, yeah. I think it seems like he passed. There's a passage out. of time. 
yeah, there's a passage of time, and he wakes up buried beneath the like shredded corpses of the monkey men. Yeah, he, and he yeah. just like pulls himself out of it and immediately goes to Fang's side and like tries to wake her up mm. and tries and tries and tries. And then you're getting black. Yeah. Yeah. And then black cuts. So you're reaching back into your childhood where you watch the land before time. Yeah. And you like, <laughs> I've yeah. told people this, this is sort of like a land before time meets Conan the Barbarian. Yeah. And I'm like, but oddly, I don't mean the land before time in the sense of the dinosaurs. I mean, in the sense that it crushes you with, yeah. with, with the weight, you know? Yeah. Right. What yeah. a crazy cliffhanger. And like, it's the first five episodes. Um, there are five more. I'm not sure that it's implying that Fang is no longer there, but right. it's still such a emotional cliffhanger. There's no, there's no hint other than mm. us knowing that there's five more episodes. Right. Yeah. Well, there's a couple things at play, right? Like we have this black liquid that can return life. Maybe there's another drop. Maybe, you know, oh, that's true. There, there yeah, could be, no. who knows what they're going to do. Or maybe Fang's just, even from a storytelling point of view, if, if that is the moment where we realize that his, his partner is dead after all that he, uh, he has sort of already suffered and lost, then it's still a good breaking point just in terms of audience. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I hate, I hate when I'm watching something. You feel the weight of the death and then you have 10 minutes, 20 minutes later where it's the mourning phase. And I sure I, I would prefer not to have it. I would prefer to mourn myself as yeah. the viewer. Right. Rather than watch the character. But in like all fairness, want... you don't know how that's going to look like that. Episode six could be him mourning for all. we know. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. that's what. Well, yeah, it could be that. But I feel like. And they will have to address it somewhat, right? Yeah, yeah. I would but that so. that gives you, as far as I don't feel as much of a cliffhanger, assuming that uh, Fang is dead. I feel less like a. It just feels like a nice clean break for to to stop the story, so that everyone can just take a sure. minute. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I, I sure hope not, though. I mean, that's like I do, yeah. It. I know it's a ten episode series, and who knows if we'll get anything more after that? Seems like probably not. But I would hate for mm. that duo to be broken up that quickly because it's just as you're starting mm -hmm. to really swing in with it, and you're real—I think you're really hitting your stride. Uh, yeah, it'd, be a, it'd be a shame yeah. to just end it there. Yeah, it's like yeah. Lethal, lethal Weapon without Danny Glover yeah, right. and Mel Gibson. Right. I mean, come on. Right. Yeah, I just wanted to get another '80s movie in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of '80s, I think Matt said it, but we were all thinking it. Uh, this show would be such a great like 80s style sword and sorcery video game like oh, yeah. golden axe style like you got side your, scroller yeah you've got your caveman going around fighting monsters and ape men and whatever yeah. and then you get your power up and you can ride your dinosaur yeah the part like, that really made me think of it was like the sort of you know you're on like level three or four where you're riding on the dinosaur's back and then the mm -hmm. bat creatures are swooping down and you have yeah. to like jump up and kill one and then jump on yeah, the other jump one and then jump them. back to your dinosaur. Totally. Oh, yeah. <laughs> totally. Yep. That's so good. Yep. Yeah, and like, yeah. got to time those jumps. And I, can even in, I can even envision the, the like animation, like, yeah. you know how old video games is kind of like two frames. Yeah, like it's exactly. still perfect yep. though. It's, Oh yeah. my God. So cool. That's what, that's what that, that was the scene that made me think of it. But yeah, like totally. 
And yeah. you know what? In today's, uh, you know, I'm sure someone could pull that together. Oh, yeah. Pretty good yeah. budget. Come Somebody on. make Sweet. that. You have your, your, your Titan boa uh, boss fight. Then you have your, um, you yeah. know, your spider, yeah. your spider god boss fight. I yep. mean, the river of snakes level. The, the, yep. sw- the yeah, you you're can, doing the swimming yeah. level and snakes are coming after you and you have to evade the water levels. You got to go up and down like one of those Mario levels. It's so terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like we've already come up with it. Someone just yeah. do it. Where are these eggheads at? Yeah. If anyone Earth? knows how to code a video game, contact, contact rogues in the house for your idea. Yeah. <laughs> Slash video game. <laughs> yeah. This will be one of many situations where we've predicted the future and we'll take total credit for those who will do all the right. work. That's right. <laughs> yeah. uh, so this show rocks a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. From critics and a 98 from viewers. 98 from viewers. Okay. 98 from Ooh, viewers. Because there's, there's, there's always going to be, ugh. Ugh, how you, could you? If you are responsible for the 2%, <laughs> uh, please please email us at Rogues in the We would house. like to have you on. Yeah, yeah, we'd like to have you. We we have uh we have a spear and fang to pick with you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it might be worthwhile to try to find reasons why there's that two percent exists. Like what 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 could they have possibly said? Not enough di- so, not enough dialogue. Maybe that was it. <laughs> I have so being a member of this dinosaur um group. <laughs> Right. Sorry, I so, don't know why that makes me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just, hey, it just sounds Keith like Keith invited me to it. Keith oh, yeah. is a listener, and he invited me to it. Listen, so I know, I know, yeah. Keith. I'm just imagining you're in like grade five, and like, are you coming to Dinosaur Club today? <laughs> dinosaur Club. Yes. yes. <laughs> Not um, that I don't think dinosaurs are awesome. I do. Sorry. It's just Go more on, fun Logan. to make no, no, fun of good. Logan. That's all. Yeah, exactly. That's also cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but a lot of people. Um, seem to i don't want to say that they're like criticizing it or whatever but they seem to have problems grasping that the dinosaurs aren't real dinosaurs right i could like they're trying to fit them into like genuses and stuff and like i get that that's fun for some people but like this is clearly not earth's history right it's not it's not well dinosaurs and man did not exist at the same time so so you're already out there so guys, I I was on uh, I've t- tried to turn over a new leaf with social media in that I'm not like I've stopped I, I just stopped myself now I've even have I have the thing typed out where I'm going to go at somebody and then I stop I delete it and I move past and I shut my phone down yeah and I was on one the other day I don't know what what site it was that posted it might have even been Rotten Tomatoes and they posted about the show and some some guy chimed in maybe he was trolling maybe it was bait but he was like. Uh, well, not everyone knows this, but dinosaurs and man did not coexist. Like as if this was a revel- like a revelatory fact that no one got. And, and I'm not quoting it properly. I'm paraphrasing here, but it really did sound like this guy thought he was telling people something they didn't know. Well, I mean, and now. I was just like, Christ, what what is happening? Why am I even on the Internet? <laughs> But what am I getting from this anymore? <laughs> like, I couldn't believe it. I was like, how are you that out of touch with life? How are you an adult? How do you have a password? How do you remember the password? To think that you have just really blown our minds with that you, fact. You've made a drastic assumption that this person is an adult. Yeah. But, but you know, kids kids aren't on Facebook. That's true. Okay, I guess there are not, not a lot of kids on yeah. Facebook. Um, They're not. They're on Snapchat or 
TikTok or Instagram. Yeah, They're just TikTok not on Facebook thing. is for baby boomers who believe fake this news. Is, this is off topic. Yeah. Can you explain TikTok to me? Like, what is it? No, I can't because I don't I know. I don't want to know. I just know I'm kids are into it. Is, I won't. I won't ruin. Matt's ask your time. ask your daughter. Our Alex. listeners are dying to know. She's nine. She does not have yeah. a phone. Our <laughs> listeners are dying to know what TikTok Good is. Man. I. It's just like no, I don't know. It's supposed to be a place where you like lip sync to songs, but it basically became. Um, God, what was it? It was. A, it's where we get all our gifts. Um, Vine. It's basically Vine. Uh, okay. You know what Vine is? Yeah, Alex, it's a, it's a place Vine for is. people with really short attention spans that yes, can't actually uh, take in an entire narrative of a half hour to three hours. Yeah, they're like you. half and like thirty seconds to a minute clips yeah. of of things, and that's it. It ends there, and yeah. you can just play them over and over and over again. And uh, kids would, love it. But like, yeah, I was being kind of a jerk. Like they're. They they yeah. can be funny. I'm just I yeah. am slightly worried about this generation's attention span. Can't you do that on YouTube? I mean, I know I saw right. I, know, I know I saw an ancient, but like, isn't it just video? <laughs> yeah. Can't you do it on YouTube? <laughs> <laughs> well, when I was a boy, we watched fail compilations. We had to entire compilations. Men on skis falling into water. <laughs> So here we are. I used uh, to watch yeah. Babe Ruth running the bases really quickly <laughs> with his legs moving very fast. <laughs> Charlie <laughs> Chaplin. Podcast. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> so if you've stuck with us for this long, um, <laughs> hope we didn't ruin the entire series for you and uh, you are going to check it out. I-, I hope that you actually did check it out and you've enjoyed our analysis and our gushing yeah i mean about oh, there is there's nothing not to like um it's just it's so good it's so well done yeah. I, and again from someone who really does love animation it leaves me just wanting more um you know yeah. it, it, i saw a lot of samurai jack in this um i yep. like the, the sergio leone like you said i saw a lot of that um for me the influence obviously we've talked about the sword and sorcery references um, but it like everything that I love is just sort of like rolled into one thing and put into five awesome episodes. Um, so yeah, it gives, I give it yeah. five thumbs uh, up and I can't help, but like, uh, I know everyone's kind of scrambling for another Conan movie or a TV show, but like, can you imagine if, if, uh, this animator took on like some Howard short stories and like he was in charge of doing that? Yeah. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yep. Now, um, Specifically in regards to these these French comic books, I think is what this kind of reminds me. This conversation, okay. um, I know people are like gushing and glowing over the French comic books and everything, and I'm not saying the art isn't beautiful because it is very well done art, and I can respect that. And before you couple, go on, it is also varied, so it's a different artist on every that, book. That is true. Yeah. Um, I would say of the three books I've seen, only one of them had art that I did not find off putting. Um, so like, like, gosh, I I wish I knew what they were, but I don't speak French, but there's one where the, like the art style on the cover is very, um, I want to say it's almost like primal. It's Mm -hmm. kind of cartoony. It's hyper stylized. Yeah. It's hyper stylized. And I just, I don't see Conan that way. Like when we're comparing it to like Marvel or Dark Horse or stuff, um, it just seems very strange choice. 
And then the Beyond the Black River one, which I know you have, the mm. cover has Conan with a ponytail. Yeah, so it does have, he has his, uh, I think I talked about this on the show before. Maybe I actually was in our group chat, but he has sort of the sides of his head shaved. Yeah, like like a samurai or something. Yeah, and then he has a ponytail, um, which, you know, I don't I don't really care. Um, but I think maybe Logan, um, if I may. Yeah. I, I would agree in the, in the respect that Conan has such a rich comic book tradition and a lot of his popularity currently beyond Howard has to do with his rich comic history. Definitely. And that when you're, and I'm, I'm, I'm certainly not opposed to someone, uh, changing things up there and trying a different approach with a different vision. Um, I'm not against it, but I think the off putting probably does come from the fact that my favorite Conan artists are going to be like Thomas, Tomas Giarello and John oh, yeah. Buscema for sure. And I a hundred percent acknowledge that. Yeah. yeah. And even Carrie Nord and they all sort of are playing a little bit off of what Frazetta did. Yeah. I don't really want that to change. And the reason is we've not really gotten our live action Conan necessarily that completely emulated that. I don't have another look for it or sorry. I don't have another vision embedded in my head. And when I read Robert E. Howard, I'm picturing John Buscema's Conan and yeah, yeah. Giarello's Conan. And so I don't necessarily want it. So I'm not opposed to these existing. I'm not no. opposed to a different approach, but it isn't necessarily getting me as excited as, uh, as everybody else. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm and the I, fact I, that I, I can't read them railed against, um, for hating them. Cause they have the coward. No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not hating it. I just, yeah, that's true. That's true. I, uh, not I can't, I can't read them. It's not, you know, I don't speak French as embarrassing as that is as a Canadian. Uh, <laughs> omelette du fromage yeah. but it's not it's not cheese omelette in french and i learned that from dexter's laboratory so it's they, relevant to this podcast. Yeah. full circle full circle <laughs> but yeah I, I guess i would just say that um i'm open to doing these things it's just not necessarily uh what i would go for you're right I'm a bit um, traditionalist in that regard i guess if i were to say a cartoon style and the cartoon's not even out yet but the images we have of the new He-Man cartoon, right. mm. I could see an animated Conan being like that. But they're very much aiming to uh, hit that style of like the 80s toy box art. And I can mm. accept that as, as an animated Conan. And while I have no doubt that I'm going to butcher his name, Genity Tarakovsky um, would do an excellent Conan. Um, I would have to see it first before I could like – like see it in motion before I would be able to get entirely on board. Yeah, that's fair. I guess yeah. what I'm, what I more so meant was a super quality animator with a true vision. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Who, yeah. who tackled, you know, Conan. I'd love that. Mm-hmm. I wanted to uh, uh, also, I, one thing on Wikipedia here to read, uh, if you don't mind, uh, according to Tartavosky, he felt that people would not, I, I think it's Tartavosky. I'm going to, Butcher it as well. It's, Acor- it's tough, According yeah. to Tartavosky, he felt that people would not take the show seriously because they were breaking the rules, quote unquote, by having a man and a dinosaur together. So he emphasized that it is a character study, a buddy's journey about two characters who are very different but bonded by tragedy. Now, don't that sound a lot like our take on Liber? <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. It does. Okay. It does sound a little like. I mean, that. I'm not That's saying. It, I'm not saying that he took that. I'm not saying he listened to our podcast and then and then wrote it. this whole thing. But, here to hear uh, but first. I mean, you know. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, Alex. But doesn't that sound a lot like the analysis we just uh, played before you? And aren't we so right? <laughs> and now, aren't we right? <laughs> what's interesting yeah. to me, like I think he might be right in a way, and that the general, like if the general public saw a cartoon about a caveman and a dinosaur together, they might scoff. But if you're listening to this podcast, the chances are that you saw that and you just like went back to your childhood. I think you are mm-hmm. drastically underestimating how how many people you think know that dinosaurs and humans did not exist at the same time. <laughs> I mean, I'm, right. I'm I mean, sorry. <laughs> like, I just don't you're, really you're think right. that that's as common knowledge as... I, I know one guy in the comments section. <laughs> and I honestly know a few a uh, few middle schoolers. So well, I'm um, pretty sure that in your country of America, there is a theme park that <laughs> proposes that it man and dinosaur did coexist. Now, <laughs> speaking of, he's talking about Ken Ham, the Australian, and his Noah's Ark thing. Um, oh, oh, from, oh. from a sword and sorcery perspective, there is a there's an exhibit in this museum that has humans fighting dinosaurs in a gladiator pit where giants are watching in the audience. And that's an awesome story. <laughs> hey, listen, I'll- that's totally rad. Just don't try and pretend no, that it's real. No, right. You know? yeah, don't, don't that's when you, that you're kind of ruining my fun. I was like, oh, you're <laughs> so, like a really dumb person. Oh, my God. Ugh, this is uncomfortable <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but yeah, good image. Good image there. Thanks, Ken Ham. I hope we didn't offend any uh, people who attended that theme park and really love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and if we did, Pepsi. if we did, um, read a book. <laughs> uh, Jurassic Park. And me. Yeah, Jurassic, Jurassic park. park. That'll learn you. <laughs> uh, Jurassic World 3 comes out, I think, next year, if I remember right. More dinosaurs. Sorry, we're Logan's on the dinosaurs. Gonna, Logan's going to have big discussions on that in his dinosaur club. I actually, <laughs> that just killed me. <laughs> yes, yes. So tomorrow, Chanel and I got tickets to uh, the Natural History Museum Halloween party. The Natural History Museum having dinosaurs. So I'm going as Alan Grant from Jurassic Park. So that's but my what are the, of course you are. What are the dinosaurs? What are the dinosaurs dressing up as? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Probably giant gladiators from <laughs> like Noah time. Oh, all right, gentlemen. <laughs> so, what do you think? Did we did we nail this? Or I think what? we nailed it, but I, I'm not entirely done with it. Honestly, what what do you need? Oh. What do you need out of the next five episodes? Mm. More of the same. Honestly, um, I'm a huge fan. So, like. I play video games on occasion when I have time, which is rarely, and I don't get the complaint that a sequel doesn't innovate enough. Like, I don't, I know this isn't a sequel, but I loved the first five so much. If they just do the same kinds of things, I'm going to be happy. If a video game sequel is like similar, maybe does a couple things differently, that's what I wanted in it. So, virtual high five, Logan, (laughs) because, because just on the video game note, it's like, if the engine's already there, you've already done all the legwork. Like, keep giving me more episodes of The Witcher. What the hell is going right. on here? Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess I guess video game companies want to make their big cash purchase for the seventy dollar title, and they can't sure. keep doing that with DLC. But I got to think, you could you could keep charging ten dollars yeah. and do yeah. 
you know, that percentage of the work. Anyways, no, no, I, I, I agree is that like, I would like to see it keep going, um, in the same directions that it did, um, by having super awesome set pieces, um, of really cool things that the director so clearly wants to put in there. Um, I would say take all those influences and all those, uh, as I say, set pieces and just make them happen however you have right. to, because that's that's what happened here and it was awesome. Yeah. Will we see uh, meteors? Ooh. I, that's my fear. That would be intriguing, but uh, like you know, an extinction um, event. So if what I is- wanted to get specific, um, actually, now that you mentioned space in some respect, um, there are a couple pulp caveman stories where ancient aliens play like antagonist and i would not mind an episode that has aliens at some point that could be cool and pulpy mm. um so i would say know. that that's what out if, of scope for this personally you, know, if, you never know but if, I, I would say personally it's yeah, possible it that a, like a meteor could come down and then inside there's these like bees Right, and then like the bees could take over. Zombies, we could end up with zombies. I (laughs) come on, no one's ever come up with that. I'm I'm afraid you're gonna get a actual like land before time event moment uh, where you know they do say goodbye to each other, and there's like meteors crashing, crashing down. Yeah, I don't need that. I don't want to cry. Well, then we have to hear from that guy again in the comment section who's like, well, again, you know, that might have been how dinosaurs died, but man didn't exist with them at that time. That's true. Uh, that is true. Now, um, seeing that it, it, it seems to be a planned 10 episodes, only 10 episodes, no other season, I could see it going out like I that. And I wouldn't necessarily mind. I would. But, I'd be sad. I'd just be sad. I wouldn't mind. I'd be sad. I yeah. feel like I feel like it has to end with a gut punch. I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I see no other way that this goes. But mm. it go, it goes one of two ways: with the gut punch, or them like riding off into the sunset, like him riding the dinosaur out, swinging the spear let's, into combat. Let's yeah. hope. Let's yeah. hope. All right, so uh, I think that's basically a wrap for us. Um, Primal, yeah, we all like it. We all love it. Uh, we all want some more. We definitely of want it. some more of it. Uh, <laughs> I'm never saying that again. Uh, and, you know, again, I think that just to kind of reflect back, uh, thank you very much to everyone who takes the hour and a half that our shows tend to run uh, and, and give us a listen for the year that it's been. Uh, this has been, we've done over 17 episodes. I, I, I labeled the last one as, as, this would be episode 18 technically, but we did have those short swords for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, that's well, well over 20 hours for people who are bad at math like me uh, mm-hmm. of, of stuff. So, you know, for those of you who listen every time, thank you very much. We really do appreciate it. Gentlemen, any, any words? Look out for more. We got, we got stuff on the works guys um, and gals. So, Thank you very much. It's deeply appreciated. Mm, agreed. Um, I would add that I am still working for Monolith and that I received some really awesome pictures of cool miniatures lately that I cannot tell you about, but really wish I could uh, show you. I actually did show Alex and Logan. That's one of the perks they get for uh, joining <laughs> me on this journey. But and it is awesome. Uh, stay- it's really awesome. Yeah, it's super good. 
Um, stay, stay tuned. It's really yeah. cool. Uh, um, at some point, yeah, Logan and I might do a little uh, live stream. Matt, of course, you're welcome to join. But uh, Logan and I were reading one of the Jongor books. Uh, yeah, and not not Thongor, Jongor, but Jongor. Jongor yeah, <laughs> had a Frazetta cover, didn't he? Quite possibly. I, I'd have to take a look. I'd like, have to take a look. I feel like it's like a super ab abdominal heavy <laughs> picture. <laughs> um, so we might talk might about that book uh, as an offshoot for a little bit, just for fun, uh, some night. Uh, but anyway, again, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, Rogues in the House on Facebook, at Rogues underscore podcast on Twitter. And may your swords always remain sharp. And Fang, and who is of course modeled after my lizard. No, I, that, that I'm going to definitely strike that. What? From, is that a, is that a <laughs> euphemism? What is that? I didn't, I didn't know where you're going with that. I'm going to strike that right out. <laughs> that's a, that sounded uh, bad as I was saying it. <laughs> uh, It'll be funny later. Yeah. I don't even think that could be an outro. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, don't, I still don't know. What I, I, mean. don't, I don't yeah, know what I meant <laughs> either. It was just bad. We'll have to segue back into that. <laughs> Wait, you actually don't have. Uh, <laughs> like, you don't own a lizard? No, I just, <laughs> I you don't have a totally nonsensical. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> it, it was, Mailed it. You are Ezra of the Swamp Road? Aye, and what ye want of me? Where is your cousin Gideon, the maniac youth who abode with you? Gideon? Aye. He wandered into the swamp and never came back. No doubt he lost his way and was set upon by wolves or died in a quagmire or was struck by an adder. How long ago? Over a year. Aye. Hark ye, Ezra the miser. Soon after your cousin's disappearance... A countryman coming home across the moors was set upon by some unknown fiend and torn to pieces, and thereafter it became death to cross those moors. First men of the countryside, then strangers who wandered over the fen, fell into the clutches of the thing. Many have died since the first one. Last night I crossed the moors and heard the flight and pursuing of another victim, a stranger who knew not the evil of the moors. Ezra the miser, it was a fearful thing, for the wretch twice broke from the fiend, terribly wounded, and each time the demon caught and dragged him down again, and at last he fell dead at my very feet, done to death in a manner that would freeze the statue of a saint. Skulls in the Stars, Robert E. Howard <laughs> <laughs>